Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to RPG Hangout, the podcast in which we each pick a game and we go ahead and talk about it. This week, we are doing Ghost of Tsushima and The World Ends With You, correct? Yes. Alright, good. I'm looking forward to discussing this, but first, we have the news. Uh, This week, there's a lot of stuff, but also at the same time, not a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to start with the kind of... The, the thing that happened literally today has a lot of the elements of that kind of branch out to other portions uh, mm-hmm. of the news. So today was a state of play, PlayStation's Nintendo Direct thing. It was okay. Nothing terribly, like, world-shattering or anything was announced, so... I mean, it, it just wasn't bad, I guess. Um, what did they show? Well... Let's, let's get into that. So the first thing that they showed was a game called Exoprimal. It's a weird-ass game that combines a lot of different things together, and I don't know if they all work or not. So take the Horde system and whatnot of, like, World War Z, or at least the movie World War Z, and then take the multiple characters and whatnot of, say, like, Left for Dead, and then, like, mash them together, but instead of zombies, it's dinosaurs that come from, like, a portal in the sky. Interesting. Yeah, that that's the first thing they showed off. It's a new property from Capcom. It looks interesting, but it's weird as hell. <laughs> then, after that, they moved on to some updates for games. So they did, like, a little, maybe one to two minute trailer on Ghostwire Tokyo. Ooh. Yeah. It, it looks good. They they released a prelude, like a free prelude. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Hmm. It's like a, it's the pre-story to the main story of the game. And it's like a, what's it called? A visual novel. Oh, cool. So I plan on uh, playing that soon. Oh, yeah. It it looks good. Uh, I believe it comes... I'm so excited. I think it comes out this month, I think. Yeah, the 25th, I believe. Uh, Yeah. I believe so. 
it, it looks really good. I'm curious. The main thing I kind of want to see is like how it controls because of like the way that those moves are. Is it just like you press a button and it just does that, or is it like well, a button it's combo? A, it's a Bethesda game, so it's probably going to be a lot like uh, Bioshock, I imagine. Mm, I guess I can kind of see that. In like gameplay, like like one one trigger would be your powers, another trigger would be something else, you know. Mm. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Another Only one. Time will tell. Yeah, oh yeah. Time will tell. Most likely, uh, you will tell me eventually. Yeah, it's an RPG, I believe. I believe you. We could call it one. I mean, hell, we did a Star Wars episode where fucking RPG was loosely hung there. So. Yeah, obviously I'm going to talk about it regardless, because I want to play it so bad. Yeah. Strangers in Paradise got a little, like, trailer thing. They released a demo, or they're going to be releasing a demo today, that will you'll be able to carry the progress over into the main game when it comes out. So I might abuse that to play it today, because that's the game I'm doing for next episode, so I'll get an early start on it. (laughs) Uh, Wait, when does Strangers of Paradise come out? It comes out next week. So it, literally the date it's supposed to come out is like the day we'll be recording the episode, I think. Oh, jeez. Let me see. That's, that's cutting it close. <laughs> okay, so it comes out the day I'm supposed to edit the episode. But I get three days early access, so I should be able to start playing it the 14th. Oh. Yes, because that's like a one of the pre-ordered deals. And since the demo came out, I can start playing the demo then carry my progress over to the main game when I get three days early access. So, fucking big brain planning there so that we have a super relevant episode, damn it. I mean, it's still enough time to at least play a little bit of it and still have something to talk about. Oh, yeah. like Technically, I could go off of the, the two trials I did and roll with that, but I, I want to get as much of it done as possible. Yeah. They did a little a beautiful looking trailer for Forspoken. It looks so good. I, but that relates to other news that came out. Forspoken has been delayed until October. I saw that, yeah. It's killing me. But it saves my pocketbook a little bit. So that, that's fine, I guess. So, But it, it does look absolutely beautiful, and I'm, I want it. I, I really want it. <laughs> Uh, they announced a new Gundam game. It looks like Gundam Overwatch, essentially. I should have seen that coming. Right? <laughs> Except for this one's actually, like, official Gundam. Like, like the anime. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it's just like, the combat looks very similar to Overwatch. So, that's a thing, I guess. They released a trailer for... Ninja Turtles collection, so it's like all the old Ninja Turtles games in, in one. It's cute, I guess. They they showed a game called Gigabash, which is like a, a kaiju top-down fighting thing. It, it's, it's super weird. Then they announced a sequel, or like a continuation or whatever, or a re-release of a, the JoJo fighting game. The JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game. Yeah. It looks really good, actually. Kind of almost... I wanted to say almost in the vein of, like, the My Hero Academia games, but not quite. Because it's more like a a Tekken or a Mortal Kombat where it's, like, a 2D plane. Yeah. So, not quite. 
but it it looks at least in the same style, you know, the kind of cell shaded 3D anime look. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it, it looks really good. There's like 50 characters that you can play as. Damn. It's big. <laughs> then they announced two thing like they paid these up for some reason there's trek to yomi which is like a a weird combination of like I, I someone in the chat that was scrolling by at like a million miles an hour said it was like um sekiro meets some game but i think it's more like ghost of tsushima mm. it's kind of like a trippy artsy not quite third person like, it's like a distant for third person like you know those games where you're, like you're wandering around and your character just keeps getting super small on the screen because the camera's just not fucking moving so almost like a top down almost yeah almost like a top down but more like isometric locked camera sometimes side scrolly thing but the combat look looks very ghost of tsushima where it's, like there's those super like visceral feeling attacks uh then they also announced alongside it for some reason um, the an update to Returnal. So Returnal's getting a co-op update. That's the one game I need to play. Returnal? Yeah. It looks really good. I want to try it, but at the same time, like, it's one of those weird, like, 3D bullet hell-esque games, and it's just like, mm. But you'll... I don't mind games like that. Yeah. Like, when you are able to masterfully dodge through everything, you probably feel like an absolute badass, but... It's the moment where like you get hit by one and then just like it becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah. But it's a co-op update, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, and they're also adding like a survival mode of some sort. Looks good. Then they announced that uh, they announced this game called the Dio Field Chronicle. What's that? What? So when I was watching, because they didn't announce the title of it for ages at first there was like like the 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 art style was being very vague until it started getting into like actually what it's supposed to be it looks very final fantasy tactics but it isn't final fantasy tactics Ah. like only after i started seeing like the sort of gameplay did i realize oh okay so this is like a this might be final fantasy tactics and then the trailer came to an end and it revealed the title i was like what the fuck is the dio field chronicle but it's, it's like a tactical game where like you move your characters around a bit on pretty much like a little board map and do attacks and things. It it looks interesting. I'm curious to see what uh, what it, the story is or if it's really good. It looks kind of cool. Like I kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics. I need to get better at it, but I like it. <laughs> tactics but, like strategy games are kind of tough for me. Yeah, I, I love a good strategy game. I'm terrible at them most of the time, but I do love them. Then the last thing they announced was Valkyrie Elysium. It At first I thought it was like, oh, is this like a Valkyrie Chronicle thing? No, it, it doesn't look like it. So you play a Valkyrie from the looks of it, and it's just kind of your standard kind of JRPG. You run around, kill things, open chests, that kind of thing. Yeah. It looks fun. I, I would like to know a bit more about the story. Uh, I don't think it comes out this year. So it's going to be a little bit of a little bit of time away before we actually know anything about it. Um, besides, you know, you're like on a divine mission, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like um, you're playing a da- a, not a a Dal, a paladin from D and D, is kind of what it looks like. 
So kind of interesting. And that was the state of play. So overall, not a whole lot super interesting coming from it. But overall, it was okay. You know, some nice updates here and there. Some really weird-ass, but potentially super interesting games. Yeah. But in some slightly related news, because people... So the number one thing that people were hoping to come from the state of play was Final Fantasy. 16? 16, 7, whatever. They People were just waiting for Final Fantasy. But sadly, yeah. in terms of Final Fantasy 16, they have stated that we are not going to hear anything until spring... Spring doesn't come until the end of this month, and also yeah. in Japan doesn't come until April. So we're probably not going to hear anything until April or May on Final Fantasy sixteen, sadly. And Kingdom Hearts month is um, April as well. Yeah. So, so we're probably not going to hear anything until May. Uh, mid-April or early May. Yeah, that's that's the likely kind of window for any Final Fantasy sixteen news. But they did... Um, open up the 35th anniversary site and on on that site they have the like upcoming games for you know like what's coming during the 35th anniversary and everything and it had the weird fucking chocobo racing game that's coming exclusively to the switch and phone and they had final fantasy strangers of paradise or strangers of yeah, Strangers of Paradise. But it also said, and more. So, yeah, hinting at, ooh, something coming, maybe. So, hopefully. And Square Enix also opened up a new YouTube channel uh, for Square Enix music. So you can go there and just listen to a bunch of, like, Square Enix music. So, like, Chrono Trigger, a ton of Final Fantasy music, and things like that. That's really neat. Yeah. I think it's really cool. <laughs> like, not gonna lie. <laughs> It might be, like, a nice thing to just, like, if you're doing a bunch of, like, say, paperwork or just chilling with a game, just pop on some nice music. Just let it run. Yeah. Uh, Babylon's Fall released. And it's bad. So I hear. Yeah. As was kind of expected, um, when it was first announced, people's hype for it was, like, actually really high. It looked really cool, really interesting. But once it was announced that it was going to be a live service game where you have to, like, play with either bots or three other people, hype immediately, like, fell into the garbage, and with each, like, trailer that came out, it just looked worse and worse for people, mm-hmm. until it just kind of finally kind of flopped out on Friday, or sometime this past, last week. And, yeah. and yeah, it just... It, it's not doing good. <laughs> um, the, like, viewers... Like, the total number of viewers looking at that game on, like, Twitch is, like, 43. <laughs> that, that's it. That's sad. Yeah, that, that, that I think is a combo of there's not enough people that actually want to play the game, and there's definitely not enough people that are interested in watching it. But on the flip side, they also kind of planned it poorly, or at least they deliberately kind of snuck it under, because right now Elden Ring dominates everything. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely popular. It is. But at the same time, conversely, uh, people who you know normally stream stuff kind of similar to it or just stream random things have seen massive viewer drops as people are trying to avoid it for spoilers or playing it themselves, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Double checked, and recently they announced, confirming 
that the new Pokemon game is open world. It is meant to be completely seamless. Ooh. Yes. Well, except for, um, you know, entering buildings, probably. But... Yeah. Um, but otherwise. But otherwise, all the routes, all the cities and everything are supposed to be fully connected. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. I don't play a whole lot of Pokemon, but I, I do like the idea of open world stuff. And I can also see, like, if they do keep a lot of the same systems, like, that were kind of around with, like, roots, there's probably a nice way of just getting your ass just completely handed to you on accident. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, there is talks of a God of War TV series in the works. I think I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, uh, Amazon is currently looking into, like, I guess cooperating with PlayStation Studios to get a God of War TV series out. And personally, I think of all the streaming services, they're the ones to potentially do it. Because they tend to actually give at least the slightest fuck about, like, the original stuff. Because so far the, like, main three examples of, actually technically four examples of them doing good by a show is Good Omens, uh, The Boys, Invincible, and The Wheel of Time. Yeah. So they're willing to definitely put the budget behind it. They're willing to put the you know the writers behind it. So it's a good choice. But my question to you is, one, when do you set it? Me? Yeah, like when do you think that it should be set? I, like, I honestly can't tell you. No? I don't have an exact opinion on that, so... Well, I mean, you like the 2018 God of War for sure. Yeah. But do you think that they should set it more during the Greek mythology time where it's like he's just going around murdering gods or more during the Norse mythology time? Like, personally, I like the Norse Norse mythology aspect of it, but yeah, it's... I feel like it's a very controversial topic because a lot of people like the original stuff better. Yeah. I think the best way for them to do it would be to set it in the Norse mythology time but have flashbacks. Yeah. Because, one, honestly, the original trilogy of games doesn't have that much story to go for. (laughs) But Yeah, it's all just hack and slash mostly. Yeah. So... I think it's a lot better to kind of potentially, like, set it in the Norse mythology timeline where he has, like, his son and whatnot, and maybe even set it slightly before the 2018 game and just have him, like, going through, like, normal everyday life. And that's, like, have it contrasted with the the past and then maybe lead it into the 2018 story. I think that that could work. That could work, yeah. Just kind of blend it together. The other question is... see that. Yeah, the other question is, who do you get to play Kratos? Ooh. Yeah. That'd be a tough position to fill. A very tough position to fill, because he's a big guy. Like, I I got curious. Chris Rock. Let's do Chris Rock. Chris Rock. I mean, hey, why not? (laughs) No, even better, do Kevin Hart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem, one... Technically, his the height of Kratos is very inconsistent. In the comics, he's stated to be, like, seven foot tall. What about Vin Diesel? You know what? Vin Diesel wouldn't be the worst idea. Like, kind of swell him up a little bit more than he is, and then there we go. Yeah, I mean... Give, he, him, a, give him a beard? I've never seen him with a beard. You know, you know what? Vin Diesel with a beard 
wouldn't be the worst idea. Like, if he can put a bit more of an affectation on his, like, voice, yeah, it, it could potentially work. I could kind of see that, actually. <laughs> but yeah, like, so in the comics, supposedly, he's stated to be, like, over seven foot tall. Jesus. But in the games, he's actually, like, six foot five or six foot four. So that's a weird fucking discrepancy, but yeah, that's that's how it's stated. But I think, yeah, I think you're actually kind of on the money with, like, Vin Diesel or a Vin Diesel-esque person. Yeah. I could see that. He's also recently dipped his toe into video games with that fucking weird-ass Ark Evolved trailer they did yeah. a while ago. Fucking weird. Like, just kind of CGI him a little bit. Yeah. There we go. Heck, you don't even need to CGI him that much. Just maybe, like, prosthetics to, like, maybe make his forehead a bit more bulky. Yeah. And then just fucking throw white powder on him. You got it. <laughs> I already talked about how Forspoken's delayed. GTA 5's next-gen, or I guess technically for GTA 5, it's the next-next-gen version, is available for preload. Those with PS Plus get the online portion for free. Those without PS Plus uh, can pay $10 <laughs> uh, as a starting wow. price. Yes. It will eventually go up to, um, it's like 40 bucks. Damn. Yeah, it it's a bit silly for a game that's been re 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 released. <laughs> yeah, so many times, so many times. But um, but yeah, like I grabbed the I grabbed the free online, and then I I also um I got the story mode for ten bucks. So nice. Yeah, I meant to mention this back when I I mentioned the Strangers in Paradise demo. But Strangers in Paradise has released its PC specs. And it's actually okay. more intensive than Elden Ring. Really? Yeah. So Maybe because of all the effects or something. Maybe. So, graphics card-wise, for recommended, you need a GTX 1660, you need 80 gigabytes of space, and 16 gigabytes of RAM. Damn. Yes. Um, for the minimum... You need a 1060 6 gigabyte version and 8 gigabytes of RAM. So, my computer wouldn't be able to handle it because I only have the 1060 3 gigabyte version. So, yeah. my computer's just out of the running. Yours would probably have more of a chance. So, maybe. 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 I and think then, mine's a. Uh, shit, what is it? A 1660, maybe? I think yours might be a 1660. So, I think. Yours should be fine to run it, actually. It runs it runs Cyberpunk pretty well, so... Oh, yeah, then you should be able to run fucking Strangers in Paradise. Or Strangers of Paradise, sorry. Um, this final thing is not video game related, but it heavily relies on something that you like and something that I'm kind of neutral on. Uh, uh, the live-action One Piece has been cast for Netflix. Oh, I saw a little article about that, yeah. Yeah, so... To kind of bring our audience in on the loop, uh, you and I have a little agreement that I will only watch One Piece when the show has ended and you have bought the DVDs. It's not looking like that's anytime soon. <laughs> it's not anytime soon. So I have not at all watched One Piece except for like bits and pieces absolute ages ago when it was still on like fucking Toonami. <laughs> Uh, I still need to. I still need to catch up. I've lost track of it. And that's the other thing. 
every time I hear people talk about like rewatching, catching up, or whatever on One Piece, they make it sound like a challenge for themselves. But I can absolutely well, understand from, why. From where I stopped watching was the uh, just before the time skip. Yeah. So that's a whole like 500 episodes behind what we're currently at right now. Exactly. So maybe I, even more. So I can understand why, because especially with One Piece, it's a really fucking long series. So it is a daunting task, and with long-running shows like One Piece or Dragon Ball or Naruto or Bleach, there's always those pieces of it that you absolutely don't like, and they're usually big chunks. Yeah. And a lot of that's due to these these anime were running concurrently or in a lot of cases are still running concurrently with the manga so they have to stop and just like veer wildly off the plot so that the manga has time to catch up so it's understandable but at the same time I, I'm just I'm just patiently waiting until the show just ends because it will eventually end It'll ha- it has to the author will either finish it or die those are the two options <laughs> Well, he's got backup plans for when he dies, so... Oh, what are those? Make his son he's, do it? He's, well, no, he's just got so much story that once he dies, his, like, other creators can, like, continue it See, with that, his ideas. That's nice. That's the thing. So, that's one of the things that I, I always worry about when I see long-running anime. Because, hell, even short-running anime run risks. Sometimes. Yeah. But, especially long-running anime when you know that they're just purposefully like veering off of the plot you know like oh the solution could like they could be directly going towards a solution and this could be like a two season anime or like a fairly short manga but they keep like veering off on a ton of side stuff you kind of worry like do they have a plan so that at the very least someone can finish it yeah because there's a lot of examples of that not happening like for me the one that's like kind of the saddest is uh, causing a stigma personally because i was watching the anime enjoying it and only at the very end of the like first season does it feel like oh it's actually building up to an actual plot and then you find out the author's dead and it's not continuing ever yeah exactly like that's how they should do it is like think ahead in the series, and then that way, like, if some unfortunate thing transpires, then the other people who worked on the series with that person can continue it with the original ideas, you know? Yeah, at least that's the hope. With things, like, there's Berserk. That's, like, kind of the most recent one. Like, yeah, it's a very long-running series. The author sadly died, and I don't think that they had a plan. So it's very likely that it's just going to end where it was. There's also the question that a lot of people have of, do we have the right to continue it and whatnot? But usually I think that with those authors, the general answer is yes. They want they would want their story to be finished. You just have to look yeah. very closely at what they had and follow it to a T. It might feel like it just kind of rushes at the very end to finish, but that might be what you have to do sometimes. At least it has some sort of conclusion. Yeah. The other thing, like, I think the anime slash manga that I think 
experiences this the most is Detective Conan. Because yeah. it feels like it loses the plot almost immediately. <laughs> it's a show... Like, I don't know if you know the plot of Detective Conan, but... I know most of it. Yeah, it's it's teenage boy, uh, who's, like, genius detective, gets turned into little boy, uh, and must, well, hide this fact <laughs> while trying to figure out how to return to being a teenager. Yeah. There is over, like, 700 episodes. It's long running. It's getting... It's, like, one of the top ones, but not near, like, One Piece or other shows similar. Yeah. But it it loses the plot, and you constantly are sitting there, like, how does... Like, this has been going on for, like, 700 episodes. How does no one question why so many murders happen around this little boy? Right. Because, like, seriously, like... Almost every single episode is a murder case, unless it's like a two to three parter, and no one questions why so many murders happen around the little boy. <laughs> and on a similar note, it's like if they just focused on the plot, they would probably be able to solve it and get things fixed fairly fast. In fact, it sounds like about halfway through they tried to do that and then just made it even more complicated. And then, once again, veered completely off the plot. So, who knows? But my, I guess, question about this live-action casting and whatnot, are you, as someone who actually likes One Piece, going to watch it? I want to I wanna try it and see how they execute it. Yeah? Yeah. As far as, like, most live-actions for animes that I like, I don't even go near. Like, the Tokyo Ghoul movie? Hmm. Just just didn't sit right with me at all. Yeah, fair. I mean, I guess the question when it comes to live-action adaptations is... Also the Death Note movie. Yes. So, yeah, this is this kind of the question. is So, like, with the live-action, say, Attack on Titans, a lot of people were kind of meh on them, but I, I personally trust the company that did it. The company that did it, the Attack on Titan movies, was Toho. You know, yeah. The, the Godzilla people. So, that's why I was like, uh, with like I don't I don't care about Death Note and I in fact I I think that some of the casting and the decisions that they made with Death Note are actually just fucking hilarious like fucking Willem Dafoe as uh was it Ryuk Ryuk yeah yeah like that that's hilarious when and they did hit Ryuk completely CGI when they got fucking Willem Dafoe who could could have just done it probably without makeup just sit him in a fucking dark corner and he'll look like Ryuk. Yeah, kind of like, kind of like make Ryuk uh, just a demon in human form kind yeah. of deal. Hell yeah, or just like put on a fucking weird ass wig for him. Like and... I, I picture, I picture if they did do William Defoe as like just a human form, supposedly Shinigami, you know? Yeah. And like not like the traditional anime demon that he is, but yeah. instead just have it kind of like Spider Man One <laughs> Goblin. Yeah. Like regular, regular Osborne is light, and then like Goblin Osborne is Ryuk kind of thing. Yeah, just a big ass fucking motorcycle helmet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I think some of the things that they do is is kind of hilarious. But Netflix, Netflix is never the person to go to for like a good faithful adaptation most of the time. 
because Netflix, sadly, a lot of the time, especially for net for anime adaptations, is not willing to put the budget behind it at all. Nef- Netflix just tries to get things out to the public that aren't normally known. Exactly. And but they ruin it along the way. They but do. The uh, the unfortunate thing is, a lot of people that was their first time watching anything Death Note, so they loved it, which is just sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, N- Netflix just loves to mess with it too much. Like, especially with Death Note, what they decided to do was Americanize it. They cast white ass actors and set it in America, in a in a way that just isn't isn't the show. You know, who who names their American child Light? Exactly. That, that's one of the Light Yagami. The, who the, names the, their American child like that? That's one of the things where it's like okay. Like, with with the original, it kind of made some sense. Because one, like, his name. But also, like, his alias and everything. It, it made some sense. In bringing that to America, it makes no fucking sense at all. Yeah. And sadly, I think with One Piece, they're doing a similar thing. I think they're trying to cast a little bit more diverse this time. Well, a lot of their a lot of One Piece names are already like diverse, not specifically any cultured names. Like Monkey, True. Monkey D. Luffy. That's not te- well. That's not really. A I'm not talking Japanese name. Yeah, well, it's not Japanese, but I believe he's meant to be a, a mostly kind of Japanese thing. Like it's not really set in in any kind of actual like real world location. Of course, it's just yeah. But I'm just saying, like ocean. they have no reason to change it if they have plans to. Yeah, but I, I can see, because a lot of Netflix adaptations are almost on par, if not sometimes worse, than fucking Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that's kind of the thing, where it's just like, yeah, they don't have any reason to change it, but they very well might. Hell, I could see them turning fucking One Piece into a goddamn isekai for no goddamn reason. <laughs> right. Like, it, it kills me, just like, I kind of want to watch it completely out of context just to see what the hell they do. We're getting super sidetracked. We are, yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about it, I looked at the time, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even gotten started. So, yeah, I guess we can cut it cut it there. Um, but moving on to, I mean, one final little bit. I am still kind of looking forward to their live-action Avatar The Last Airbender just to see what they do. Yeah. Anything above... Like, anything that isn't the fucking Shyamalan version is probably going to be okay. We'll see. Okay. So, the main topic for today... Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. ...is Ghost of Tsushima and uh, The World Ends With You. Yes. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this time. All right, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so The World Ends With You, at this point, it's pretty old. Yes. It started off as like a DS game, right? Yeah, which, in my opinion, was way gameplay-wise way better than the Switch port because mm. the Switch port is the port from the mobile port from the DS. Yeah, <laughs> which is really dumb in my opinion. But anyway, it's it's not like your traditional RPGs. It's yeah, it's two D. It's like anime. The whole time, it's not 3D or anything, mm. and uh, you can level up like most RPGs, and you can upgrade stuff. But the fighting style is you use pins, which is very interesting concept. Right. Like you have you played it before? Uh, I all? think I think I might have played it a tiny or, bit ages ago. I know you. I know you've your... seen something of it, right? Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some pictures. I've seen like someone play a little bit of like the Switch version, but I think I've played a, like an absolute tiny amount. I picked it up once when I was hanging out with you, and you had yeah. it on your on your DS. So I just like played a oh, couple yeah, no. battles, and I was just like, I don't get this. <laughs> so you, you you did at one point co-op it with me in the yes. battles. Yes, I, I did. Which that's another thing is. It's a lot like the Tales series and where it's only co-op in battles. You can't play yeah. co-op at anyway. But it makes sense because outside of battle, there's actually not much to The World Ends With You. It's True. just getting lost in Shibuya because trust me, by God, I keep getting lost in Shibuya. <laughs> like it, te- it tells me to go one place and I I still, I've, I've played it twice now and I still don't understand how the map works. Mm. Which... A lot of people are going to fucking laugh at me for, but it's just confusing to me for some reason. Oh, no. There's some games that just, like, the map system and just, like, how you're supposed to get around is fucking hard to, like, 100% get. Like, I think every time with fucking Spider-Man, I, I completely forget that there's a fast travel system. <laughs> right? I, I get so sucked into, like, web swinging in that game. Uh, yeah, anyway... <laughs> but yeah, uh so I keep getting lost in that game. That's one thing. But other than that, like just running around the map and everything, it's really just all about gameplay. Mm. And the fighting is 
with little like little like pins and the story behind the pins is it's like a fashion item right and you collect them throughout Shibuya to like increase your fashion which if you're it's like a bunch of like different like attacks that each of these pens do and you like equip them like put them on your clothes or whatever yeah so i think that's like really unique and you can actually run out of these pens during battle so like for like a half a minute you could actually not do shit besides dodge ooh which is kind of frustrating yeah and I see that <laughs> and dodging in battle with the ported touch controls is just such hell and a half mm and, like, my fingers cramp all the time, and I hate it. Yeah, I, I could do that. Uh, so, anyway, the, the story of the world ends with you. Yes, I know nothing about the story, so. So, the main character's name is Neku, mm-hmm. which you've got a little glimpse of these characters in Kingdom Hearts 3D, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, so I, I've seen a lot of the characters in Kingdom Hearts 3, 3DS, or the... Was it the Dream Drop Distance 3D? Yeah. Um, so, so basically, you start as this character Neku, and he's like super introverted, doesn't like anybody. Mm. He just listens to music all day. Uh, but the game starts with you laying on the ground in Shibuya, like smack dab in the crossing, and people can't see him at all. And he looks at his hand; he's got like a timer on it. Yeah. And then he looks at, like, the big 104. There's a timer on that one. It's like, you have seven days. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you you apparently died. And now you're stuck in this uh, game called the Reaper's Game in the right. afterlife. And you're still in the real world. You're just in a mirrored reality of the real world where the dead people are. Mm. So nobody can see you. And the whole concept of this game is to complete objectives for each day that you are given until on the seventh day you do like this crazy like defeat the game master kind of deal and then you get to like win your win your life back Hmm. so that's like the basis of the the story so it's kind of like a you're in a pseudo purgatory and you get a chance to potentially continue living (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's a Neku, and then a select few of people mm. are all participate in this game, and nobody knows how they died or when they died. So this is all just like complete bullshit at first. Yeah, and like Neku's just not having any of it. He's like he's like fuck you guys, fuck everything. Like this is not what I want. I just want to live a quiet life. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, eventually you like go on to meet like other characters, your partners. Uh, but the the seven day thing never actually works out. No, because the first seven days is actually only the tutorial of the game. Oh. And so what happens is you actually complete the first seven days with your first partner uh, Shiki, right? Which is like this like cute cute fashion designer girl that carries around a cat all the time, and like throughout the course of the seven days, like her. Uh, her and Neku like really bond with each other and it gets like really like emotional you really connect with the characters Mm. and then you beat the boss on the seventh day after you complete all these objectives getting lost in the town buying stuff collecting pins defeating noise which is the enemy in this game yeah 
Uh, so you go you go through all these like side quests and all that. It doesn't really take that long to get to the seventh day. So you win, and then the game master's like, "Oh wait, no, we need you back in the game, bro." <laughs> so Neku wins, and his wish is to just at least send Shiki back to the real world. Hmm. Am I spoiling it too much for you? Do you want to play it eventually? Uh, I don't know how I would play it. I mean, if I get it, I'm guessing you would recommend getting the DS version or the 3DS version? Uh, no, I, if you get it, I'd recommend getting a Switch and playing that version because there's a lot that they added to it. Yeah. I would say it's old enough. Like, I, I do. I, I think I might play it sometime. It's definitely one of those things I would have to get used to. Because the combat system does seem a little bit awkward. Yeah. But, I mean, you can go ahead and spoil some more. That's fine. Okay, well, I, I won't go too in-depth after that point. Yeah. On how things play out. But, so you do that, and then it turns out that you you complete the game, you wake up, you're in the game again. Mm. So the main character is like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> So then you get partnered with somebody else, and then it's it. The game just continues and unravels in that seven day aspect. Yeah. And you learn about you, after a while. You learn a lot about how how each character dies. You connect with more characters. You meet more characters. Uh, stuff like that. I I personally really like the story. Uh, the way they ended it was really cool, and I'm excited for number two. Right. I so. When you were describing that, the image that came to mind was the scene from Spider-Man No Way Home. Hey, hey. SM. It's cursed. I, I know. This different... Okay. Mm, no Way Home. <laughs> the movie uh, that shall not be named No Way Home. The movie that shall not be named so that the connection stays strong. <laughs> but the image that came to mind was where he's like standing there and he's like... So supposedly, like, most if not all of you guys die. And they're just like, but I was, you know, I was, you know, feeling the great and, like, I was doing fine. And then he's like, oh, wait, I was about to die. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I like the aesthetic of the game, though. Yeah. Like, like the Reapers and the art style of it. It's, like, really, really cool. And I I do love the pen idea. It can get frustrating at first, but it's, like, a really interesting take on an RPG. Yeah. And uh, cool. for the Switch version, if you have pens equipped that aren't fully leveled up and you leave and then, like, leave, like, say, for, like, two days and then come back, mm. in that time span, your pens would actually level up while you're gone huh so you actually get rewarded for leaving the game and coming back cool so like say you level up a bunch of pins and you just got new ones but you, you don't really want to play anymore mm. you can you can grind and just equip new pins that haven't leveled up yet leave come back and then boom like you're continuously leveling up your pins that way which is a really cool concept that uses like the time uh, on the system. Um, so, so I think I think that was really cool what the Switch did with it. Yeah, but it 
like a lot of RPGs, like you have like stores, you can equip things, you have collectibles, uh, tons of side quests. There's tons of side quests in that game, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really tell you though. You have to actually venture the world and find them. Yeah, which which I a lot of the times I don't like. Yeah, because in a game that I get lost in a lot, it's frustrating when I can't find where I need to go or like where someone with a side quest would be. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see how, like, the combination of, oh, I'm having trouble understanding the map, and now I need to try to find this person that has the side quest can kind of conflict. Yeah, and, like, the first time I played it, as you know, I didn't finish it for a long time after. Yeah. It, one of those reasons was that like I kept getting lost and I couldn't find the side quest I was looking for and the enemies actually started getting too hard for me at my current level. Yeah. So I just kind of got frustrated with it. But then num- I heard the news about number two and I was like, okay, I gotta finish this game. Yeah. Speaking of, have you dabbled in number two in- at all? Yeah, I have. I I played a lot of it, actually. I again never finished it unfortunately but but that's not because i got frustrated with it it's just because a lot was going on at the time yeah that i, I guess, didn't finish it i guess with regards to the sequel would you say that so i guess specifically i guess what i want to compare between the versions is with this game how it's been ported to the switch would you say that it is better, worse, or about on par with the sequel that was like built for the systems that it's on? Uh, like, specifically talking about if the port of number one is better than number two or worse than number two? Yeah, specifically the port. Uh, it's definitely worse gameplay-wise, hmm. for sure, because... The number two, it's actually made for that system, so it actually has, you act, you can actually use a remote for yeah. that, and so like you, it's actually more fluid battle wise, and I do want to talk about number two on a different episode in the future once I finish it. Yeah, that's why I'll, I'm just trying keep, to like dip keep into it, it a bit. I'll keep it brief, but like yeah. number two is like way better in comparison than number one. Mm. Story wise, I really like number one. Because the story does go pretty in depth. Do you need but, to play number one to play number two? Uh, I, from what I have played of number two, nothing is really connecting except the fact that you at least have to know about the Reaper game. Right. The game that you go into after you die. Yeah. That's the bare minimum of what you at least need to know so far. And what I've played, I'm really trying not to spoil myself in number two, so I haven't looked up much on it. That's fair. Yeah, so I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there's returning characters or if there's references, because so far there's no references at all besides the Reaper game. So okay. Hmm. So I mean, technically, if you wanted to, you could actually just dip right into Neo, and you should be fine. Hmm. Yeah. Something I might look into doing but I think I but I might want to play more and let you know if it does connect yeah I'd probably regardless just to for satisfying purposes just play the first one so I can get used to you know so I can feel both the different control styles and everything 
I honestly, I'd say if you want to blast from the past on an old system, get it for the DS. Yeah. Because gameplay wise, it's way better on there than it was on the Switch. Yeah. Not there's not a whole lot of content that that's on the original one besides the base story, but it's still the base story, and you get the concept of it. Yeah. Well. That's that's basically all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think to kind of wrap it up, I'll say I am interested in playing it. I'll probably I'll probably see about if I ever get a Switch, getting it on the Switch. Until then, I might just look at maybe doing the DS one. Yeah. To get the introduction. Okay, well, I've kind of... I should clarify. You don't yeah. have to play it touch touchscreen. You can have it docked and use the remote as like a... Kind of like a Wii remote. Yeah. But still, that's like very strenuous on the hands... Because yeah. you're swinging constantly, and you have to constantly keep recentering the cursor. Yeah. Which is really annoying. So either way, the gameplay's kind of like, meh. But it's still a fun game otherwise, if you can get used to it. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely am, am interested. Um, but I guess now we can kind of move on to the next thing, which is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, and I so, do. I do want to play this one. Yeah. So to help you keep it kind of light on spoilers, uh, similar to last week, I'll start with just figuring out what kind of questions do you have about it that I can probably answer for you. So, but, actually, real quick, one thing I did want to ask about uh, the world ends with you is how long is it? Um. I honestly wouldn't say it's that long if you actually sat and played it. Because yeah. I played it for maybe a week initially before I stopped. And that was just on and off with work and everything. Mm. And I made it to about the middle of the game. And then when I, picked, when I picked it back up after so long, I actually beat it in one day. <laughs> nice. Like I sat there all day. I think I started around, like, noon, and I beat it around, like, maybe six or seven. Nice. And that's, like, taking the occasional break in there and stuff. So, if you, if I'd say that's about, like, the middle of the game, it's probably, like, maybe, like, ten hours long. That's not too bad. I'm not too sure, but... Yeah. It depends on how much you, like, run around and do other stuff. Yeah. Menu. Uh, back to... Ghost of Tsushima. What questions do you have about it? How does it compare to other RPGs? Like, is is it actually an RPG? Because I thought it was just supposed to be an adventure game kind of So, it's... Um, it might kind of start to classify as a bit more of a loose RPG in comparison to, like, you know, standard RPGs. But there is, like, a leveling system you do. Yeah. So so what you do is, as you go kind of go through and do missions and side quests and whatnot, you gain, like, legend or renowned or something like that. I think it's... Because it, the whole thing, like, when you level up, it's your legend grows kind of thing. 
and okay. it changes like what kind of legend you are on. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, and what happens is every time you level up, you get a new skill point that you can then place to like make your uh, parries better, to make your dodging easier. Oh, uh, you can increase your stats with every level. Yeah, but you can also like dump your points to make it easier to find collectibles as well. So, like, um, spread throughout the map, there are different little things that can help increase, say, your health or your stamina or your, you know, your fucking capacity to hold a, a, a fucking charm. Um... <laughs> So, you can spend your skill point to be able to direct yourself to that. It's weird, but, yeah. So they give you the freedom, basically, to choose how you want to play, like most RPGs. Yeah, pretty much. So, the thing that's Like, you could either... For example, you could either go stealth, or you could just go full-on, like... Agility. Kind of. So, so there's a a few things. A lot of the things you don't get until, like, as you play, until you, like, play along quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Hell, some things are just completely locked off until you do certain missions or you kill a certain number of leaders. But, um, sometimes you are required to do stealth, sometimes you could theoretically just blow through. Like, that's one of the things I want to talk about uh, is that there is kind of a forced conflict of action, I want to call it. So, the game throughout so far just constantly tells you what you're doing is wrong and you shouldn't be doing it. Okay. So, very early on in the game, you come across... Yuna, who is pretty much your average peasant, but in reality she's a thief. So she'll she she has underhanded tactics, and right. your character Jin is very against using these. And she's like, "It's war, baby. You gotta do what you gotta do." So <laughs> fucking suck it up, Buttercup. And so you do. You start adapting these more stealthy, underhanded dishonorable techniques and a lot of the time you have you if you have want to have any kind of chance of like surviving an encounter sometimes you need to be able to stealth your way through it sometimes it's 100% required to stealth your way pr- through it other times there is the theoretical presence that you could just run through and kill everyone the honorable way <laughs> But you could. You could, but you are almost certainly going to get beat to death <laughs> easily. That's fair. Like, because, like, the combat, for example, is varied. So you could theoretically get through by just smashing square and, and triangle because you could, you know, it, it, it is a kind of. Uh, you know, a heavy attack, light attack thing, but 
You yeah. can change your stance so that you are more proficient in killing people that use swords mostly. People oh, that so, use swords. So it's and a lot shield. like it's a lot like Neo's gameplay. Yeah, kinda. Because Neo has the whole like uh, light attack, heavy attack, low attack, but it's all like stance wise. Yeah. It's just not. Of course, Ghost of Tsushima is not very Dark Souls like Neo is. Yeah. No. <laughs> So, yeah, what it is is you have your normal light and heavy attack, but you can change your stance, and depending on what stance you're in, you're more proficient in killing specific people. So, like, you have the stone stance, which is good against people with swords. You have the water stance, which is good against, um, I think, spears. Right. Then you have another stance that's good against sword and shield people. But if you're in a large group of people it's very hard to prioritize your stance because you might have like three spear guys and a guy that has two swords and a guy that has a sword and shield so who do you prioritize right there's also like an, i ran into an awkward situation the other day where i, I came across this group group of people and i was killing them and they kind of like went and hidden the bushes but Jin like knew where they were at least the direction they were facing and as i was trying to focus on like the archers in one direction, Jin was just facing a completely opposite direction and was like walking backwards. It was like, turn around. Who the fuck do you see, dude? Turn <laughs> around. The ghost. No, funnily enough, you're the ghost. Oh, oh, I get a ghost of Sushin. Okay. Yeah, so the whole thing with the ghost is that it's the legend that Yuna's trying to spread about you. So she calls you the ghost. Oh. Yeah. It, That's pretty badass. Yeah. I want to be called the ghost. Yeah, exactly. Danny Phantom. <laughs> Johnny Phantom. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, at least sort of story-wise, is that at no point, or at least not many points, do they logically question, maybe that person's dead. Like they're talking to a dead guy? No, so, say, for example, the most recent example is we, you go into a town, right. and they're like, we're under siege, could you potentially help us, kind of, sort of, well, actually, technically the town, the leader of the town's just like, ah, it'll blow over, it's fine, while literally they are sieging the town, and are just, like, outside the gates, ready to knock down the door. Right. But... Uh, your companions are just like, oh, yeah. So supposedly they they had archers that could could help, but they all left to fight the Mongols, and they haven't returned. Could you go get them? Oh, no one's like, oh, maybe they died. Exactly, because you know it's been weeks, yeah, hours, exactly. days. Well, that's the that's the thing. Like the whole like the very in introduction of the game is it's a war. You're being invaded by the Mongols. And if, yeah. if you, like, theoretically, everyone on that beach should be dead. Like, you survived because they thought you were dead. You lucked out. Your uncle survived because he was taken prisoner. Right. And, like, literally, like, one of the first missions you have is to storm the castle immediately, and then you get yeeted off a bridge. <laughs> And thus you die a second time. Quote, unquote. Um, 
Yeah, quote-unquote. And then you're just kind of wandering around and some of the first things that you're doing is like looking for people that should be dead theoretically if they were present at the battle they theoretically you would at least question whether or not they were alive now there were a couple of instances where he actually does question whether or not someone's alive and there's actually logical answers as to why they would be alive like uh, there's a warrior monk who's trying to find his monk friends and when you ask hey are you sure they're alive he goes yeah they're skilled healers they wouldn't want you know to waste the talent except for I believe when you come up across come across the monks they had taken the best healer fucked off and they were about to execute the rest (laughs) Um, and another one like one of the missions that you do for Yuna is that um she is looking for her brother uh you ask are you sure he's alive she says yeah he's a very skilled blacksmith and that's why like he can help you he can craft you a grappling hook and you're like okay sure so you save him but as you arrive like you literally come across a conversation where this guy is like you know, that guy is turning out shit for you, so if you just kind of kill him, it'll be fine. The The Mongols are just like, but we need a blacksmith. And he's like, I could do it. Uh, and so they were literally, as you go up to him, they're about to kill him. Damn. So there's a lot of, yeah, he'll be alive, and they, you get there just in time for them to not be killed. <laughs> and then I guess... Because there's a side quest that comes from that in which you go through and you um, you clear out that town that he was about to get murdered in. And one of the people that you have to save is the blacksmith. So right. I'm guessing the answer to whether or not he could do a better job was no. He couldn't. <laughs> not possible. Yeah. Um, any other questions? It... I mean, I know it's open world, right? Yes. It's yeah. it's more the kind of GTA open world kind of thing. Okay. So it's like broken up into three sections uh, with like a choke point. So you, the main area, or the first area you go to, the choke point is Castle Canada. And you have to, you know, build up your little team of people to infiltrate and clear out the castle and save your uncle yeah then the next one is like I guess the choke point even though I think you can probably go past I haven't actually explored up there um is castle uh, Shimura your uncle's castle so you you work your way up there to clear that out and I actually got scared that I had accidentally soft locked the game because I had after progressing past Castle Canada into the second area, I then fast traveled back into the first area, and to to do a side quest. And as I was going to try to go back through, the door to Castle Canada was closed. And I was like, "Hmm, how do I get across?" And I like was going all around, 
but there wasn't a way across unless I just attempted to swim or something. So I just, I, I was, I doubled and triple checked the map, and luckily there was one area I could teleport to in the right area, or else I would have accidentally soft locked the game. Damn. Yeah. So that was a, a close call. Um, but other than that, it's a fairly open world. There's a lot of collectibles to get. There's uh, hot springs that increase your health. There's fox dens that increase your charm capacity. There's um, bamboo uh, training stands to increase your kind of stamina or will or whatever. But, yeah. That's cool. It sounds really fun, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, the combat like, again, is very like, I, fluid. I, I, I am excited to play it. I've just never, ever gotten around to it. So Yeah. The combat's very fluid. The story is really cool. Though, again, I do get a little bit annoyed by the... Like, your uncle's constantly... I, I kind of get the story. Like, the kind of messaging. The messaging's kind of like, you know, doing what you have to, one. And also kind of like going up against the old ways... Because your uncle's all about, like, tradition, honor, and everything. Yeah. But, you know, honor is different among different groups. It's like, Bushido, there wasn't necessarily one form of Bushido. It kind of changed depending on needs. Um, and it was, like, the Japanese version of medieval chivalry, which also had, like, different versions and was different uh, depending on the needs. Um, but, like, basically, your uncle's very mad, or, like, a bit upset, that in order to save him, you did a lot of stealthing around and killing people, like, using stealth kills. Yeah. And I don't think the story would change much otherwise, because literally you can't really do some levels without stealth. But, again, there's that whole, theoretically, you could. Right, yeah. You had the option. Yeah, and if you want to clear out a town that has hostages anywhere in it, you're going to have to stealth, because if an alert goes out, they're going to kill the hostages. Like, you have uh. a chance to save them, but you probably won't if they're far away. Right. Um, any other questions before I go on to the, like, the, the small things I wanted to kind of mention? No, not really. No? Alright, so, the side stuff. Besides the things that you can collect, there is... So, as you're kind of exploring and wandering around, depending on what you're wearing and everything, uh, depends on how easily you come across things and how easily the map is opened up. So, say you're wearing the traveler's clothes, you'll kind of be opening up more of the map as you walk along. And you'll have a little thing that flashes, like a little bug that flashes next to you uh, as you get close to stuff. Um, otherwise, a bird will appear when you get close to things and will lead you in a, well, a bird's eye or a beeline directly to the thing. Uh, and it does not give a fuck if there's a cliff in the way. <laughs> So you will follow the bird, and it, you will very likely accidentally walk off a cliff. Damn. Yeah, it has happened more than once, sadly. 
<laughs> but a lot of times it'll lead you to um, side quests, uh, areas of interest like the hot springs and whatnot, and it'll pop up when you're close. Um, photo mode, and this goes into the uh, thing of graphics, it's absolutely beautiful and very versatile, and you can get some absolutely amazing shots with it. I love photo modes in games, dude. Oh, yeah. And there's actually, like, a way of playing the game called Kuros- Kurosawa mode, which is to kind of... It tries to do this a similar style as um, Akira Kurosawa, the famous samurai movie director. Right. Um, so it turns... It defaults the language to Japanese. It puts the game in black and white. And I believe it like kind of kind of speeds up the um, the like effects and whatnot. That's cool. sometimes I, I think I don't. It might not do that, but it's just, just an illusion. <laughs> yeah, but it is a very kind of pretty way to play it if you want. If you want it to feel like a almost pure samurai movie. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I found slightly annoying. Besides, you know, being led to your doom by a fucking bird. <laughs> uh, the controller sounds. If you don't turn it off, like, when you pull out your sword, your controller will make a swing sound. Oh, God. Yeah, and every so often, like, when you... Because the way you kind of get around, there's not, like, a mini-map or anything, is you, like, swipe up on the touchpad... Mm-hmm. And it'll blow a gust of wind in the direction that you need to go. And if you have controller sound on, your controller will whistle at you as if, you know, wind was blowing through it. And when you have to do that for the millionth time, it gets a little bit annoying. I bet. Um... And one other small thing, um, there's an enemy that I came across very recently, because, so, there are dog enemies, but these dogs were super fluffy. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, okay, that's kind of cute. It's a shame I have to kill you, but kind of cute. <laughs> um, I think that that's actually kind of it. The combat is, like, yeah, like, like I said, it's very fluid. The story is nice, except for the being yelled at for doing things that you have to do in the game doesn't feel terribly great. Um, side quests, you feel bad for not doing them. Like, a lot of times you'll come across them naturally, and you'll kind of start to feel a little bit bad, because there's three main side quests that you get at the very beginning and they kind of go through as you go along. Right. Um, and I... I started to stop doing them so I could kind of move on. But the problem is, like, Jin will, like, ask them in the, like, kind of transition thing. Like, so so how's that going? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's just and, okay. Well, yeah, because... So what I wasn't expecting is since I had stopped it, like, a few missions before, like, I was supposed to go through, they pretty much, like... They kind of... Like, yeah, I mean... I was able to track them to through here and do that, 
but they kind of make you feel a little bit guilty for not having actually done the side quests. So that's why I was going back to do the do those parts. But now it just feels super awkward. So I would definitely say you could easily dump tons of hours without doing the story just to get all the side quests done before you move on. In fact, going through again, I'll probably do that. That's a lot of what I do if I have the option is like, I'll just like do as much side stuff as I can. Oh yeah, and there's so much side stuff. Like as when you move on to like the next area, the previous area you were in then starts getting like under attack. So you get more stuff to do there. Because you kind of piss off the final boss. But yeah. Unless there's any other questions, I think that that's the the game, Ghost of Tsushima. No, that's the game. I can't think of anything. Alright. Oh, you do have a horse and you can name it. Yeah, I know that. I know that. You're given a few choices. I named mine Sora. That's cool. Yeah. Because I love me some Kingdom Hearts, damn it. Okay, I, so... Huh? I was just going to say, as do I. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so what else did you play, if anything? Uh, or do well, I just I just played Elden Ring. I just got nice. uh, the new Pokemon. Nice. Um, we need to play Elden Ring sometime then, because I I've been itching to play it more. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made it that far. Neither have I, so we should actually be able to just hop in and hang out. Yeah, but I've been doing that. It's mostly just been working and making more music. So nice. Uh, as for me, I also haven't like. So for me, I've I've downloaded a bunch of games. Cause, so I I bought an SD card with the intent to try and boost my like do the tricksy way of boosting my um, storage on my Vita until I looked into it too much and realized oh wait I actually have to like do a lot more shit to my Vita than I would like to. <laughs> so I, I just started using it for downloading games. <laughs> yeah. So some of the games I downloaded are I will just kind of list them off. Uh, Titan Quest Anniversary. Elder Scrolls uh, Oblivion. Elder Scrolls 3. Morrowind. Fallout 1. Fallout 2. Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. All three Max Payne games and Deus Ex. That's cool. Yeah, I played a little bit of Deus Ex. I played... Um, a li oh, literally today I played a little bit of Legend Heroes Trails in the Sky as well, because I'm getting the itch again. Itchy, itchy. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that should do it for this episode. Sorry for the varying audio quality and everything hopefully i'm able to fix that a little bit in the edit we'll see um as for next week we are playing i'm playing uh strangers of yeah, strangers of paradise final fantasy origin and nathan is playing pokemon legends arceus yes the new the pokemon legends game so uh yeah thank you guys so much for joining us uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. 
Um, if you would like to get in contact with us, go ahead and email us at officialrpghangout at gmail.com. Um, if you would like to check out our other things going on, maybe catch us streaming once in a blue moon, or just hang out with some of our stuff, uh, check out our social media links down below. There's our YouTube, our Instagram, our you know, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, but other than that, uh, we will see you guys later. Goodbye. Adios. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.